Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. Thursday nights and Saturday nights are Sumit Pier nights, and we are going to talk with Sumit Ji about this ongoing situation in Manipur. You know, there was an internet data phone lockout for a few days. What really is happening there? I'm also hearing a few things. Let's welcome our guest of the evening, Sumit Pier, and then he can he can explain to us. We have a slideshow to show you what is really going on. Sumit Ji, Namaskar and welcome to P Guru's channel. Shri sir, Namaskar to you, Pranam to you, Namaskar, Pranam and welcome to all. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Always a pleasure, sir. Ji. So, Sumit Ji, uh, we are going to show you a slide deck. We can walk through that to understand what is going on in Manipur. So, maybe we can start with the first slide on the uh, slide deck and then we can walk through that. It's all yours, sir. Okay. Uh, Shri sir, thank you very much. And uh, now the... the Let's put the things in perspective. Now, today, let's begin from today. Today, Mr. Amit Shah has appealed for peace and he will be soon visiting Manipur. Uh, appealing for peace and visiting Manipur, uh, you know, appealing for peace and all is not Amit Shah's style. Though you have to understand that something is simmering on the ground. Now, there are a couple of developments. Let's go back into history. Everybody watching this show and our, uh, you know, our valued, uh, you know, people who watch us, they must be, uh, viewers must be wondering what the hell went wrong. How did this go out of, uh, you know, out of hand, logically speaking. Today, we are talking of more than 70 people dead and maybe 100 plus injured. Some say the number is more. We don't know how many are injured, but it's quite a bit, a lot of people there, what we're talking. Now, what happened, this Methi uh, community got a status from the Honorable High Court of Manipur. Now, this Manipur is Maithis, 53%, and they are Pukis and they are Nagas. They are the three dominant people which live in the state, and they have been living there for thousands of years together. Now, Maithis are essentially Hindus, uh, most of them, or majority of them are Hindus. Now, what happened is then there was some kind of a protest against that status, which was given to them, not by BJP, not by Biren Singh Ji, not by anybody else, but by the High Court, the Honorable High Court of the state. Now, what happens is after this, suddenly the violence breaks and there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of mayhem, there's a lot of things. And when you look at the pattern of virus, uh, sorry, violence, in the evening, it starts getting, you know, they go and attack a village, they burn the houses, they go and attack. It is pinpointed targeting attacks at multiple villages at multiple sources and exactly putting to fire what matters the most and where it is going to hurt the most. Now, when I looked at it, I saw there's something looks wrong because this kind of a violence is unprecedented. Even if there are some, uh, there were some incidences here and there, but it doesn't matter. I mean, why should people who are living with each other for thousands of years, who are like brothers, they should go and burn each other out. They should go and, you know, vandalize houses and all kind of things went bad. So the first day there were, I think, three companies of RAF which were moved by a Hercules. Then suddenly... Now, today, as for the reports, there are more than 10,000 paramilitary forces and military and army personnel who are deployed there to control the situation. Now, there is uh, a story and a history to it. Now, if you look at the Manipur, sir, uh, what is happening here? I've been always on various media outlets. I've been maintaining one strategy and I've been kind of advocating for one thing. We should relook at our Manipur policy because our whole of Northeast is simmering. It's not because there's a communal unrest or people are fighting each other. No, there are these external forces who are at work who want Northeast to be simmered. Because what has happened in the Northeast after Modi ji took over that look East policy, Northeast has been integrated with the mainland. 
people of northeast are now connected all the capitals are connected by rail road or airport and whatever is not that is work in progress it has become the hub of organic farming the access to chittagong coast has opened in bangladesh so they don't have to come you know to calcutta to send their goods out they can directly reach chittagong and there is a dedicated transport corridor which includes road roll uh, raid uh, sorry uh, road and rail links which are built to facilitate faster movement of goods and people and then and uh, the good news is that the northeast has become the hub of organic farming a lot of militants which were active have surrendered thousands of them with all these things happening the biggest vulnerability what we as india have there is the chicken snack if you know the chicken snack it's a 5 km it's a very thin structure and it is always vulnerability and they have been people the like uh, sergeant imam and you know others who have been openly advocating that if we break the chicken snack we can cut northeast from the india and traditionally if we go into the northeast they were all parts of assam once it eventually the states got carved out and they got formed now there have been two or three instances in the past which you know make us to compel of a bigger design there was a fight between assam and manipur police once and on that occasion we have seen the use of a light machine gun which is unprecedented where did the light machine gun from where did they get the light machine gun but when we got deep into it there is a no man's land between manipur and assam and who was there no marks for guessing rohingyas now this manipur is also part of the golden triangle where the drug smuggling and all that happens so then hemant biswa sharma ji did a drive and viren singh ji they have fleshed out these rohingyas from that no man's land and the and the land which was going to be heaven for that drug cartels and you know all these things came under control now another incident which happened in the same region as we know this part is controlled by assam rifles this part of the border is controlled by assam rifles if you remember one one half years back there was a we have a god bless his soul parmatman ki aatma ko shanti de we had one uh, brave colonel colonel tripathi he was the commanding officer of the assam uh, rifles there he along with his eight or seven and his wife they were moving in a convoy the whole convoy was moving with the qrt team what happens to you, sir somebody comes ambushes the convoy it's not easy to ambush a convoy it doesn't happen in india ambushes the convoy eliminates the whole qrt team and colonel santosh tripathi his wife and his son are martyred and it happens in a flash of a second the the point which i tried to raise on the national media and various other outlets was to do this kind of a thing you need high military precision you need very sophisticated arms you need navigation you need uh, recognizance you need uh, snipers you need very sophisticated weapons and if you talk for somebody with the ak or a kalashnikov can do it it is not there because attacking a convoy and killing the commanding officer is 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 something out of this world because convoys take all the precautions they know what they are doing who did it how did it happen my guess was and maybe i'm right because we don't know what happened after that and there were some investigations definitely into that my guess was that this was done on the behest of ccp by arakan's army now the question which you asked me what is ccp what is arakan's army what they have got to do with colonel santosh tripathi and all before i get into that and i'll tell you then you have also seen that there was a action by our parasaf and some locals unfortunately got killed because of some case of mistaken identity it also happened at around that time now what is ccp we know chinese communist party if you look at our map of our mizoram and northeast most of our states border a province called raksena in myanmar 
Myanmar, there's a province called Raksena. Now, Raksena province borders a lot of states and a lot of districts of India. Now, what is Raksena province known for? It has minerals and all. We don't know it for that. Raksena army, Raksena province is the home for Arakansa. You are seeing these people here. This is Arakansa. Now, according to the estimates which are out, 10,000 strong militia, commando training, latest weapons, including anti-aircraft guns and armed vehicles and all that. Now, what the question which you will ask me, Are Sumitji, where do they these people all get all this? How are terrorists getting hold of such sophisticated weaponry? Well, the answer is Chinese Communist Party. This militia or army is 100% trained by PLA, 99.99% armed and funded by Chinese Communist Party. Now, the next question which comes to your mind is, why do they need to do is what is their interest? China always fights a proxy war. China does not go direct. Internationally, if you use, it uses two of its stooges. One is Pakistan, one is North Korea to cause ruckus here and there. Now, Arakan's army has two purposes. Point number one, when you arm them to tooth and nail, give them commando training, precision, which is sniper training, everything kind of which a commando gets. So this becomes a very deadly and a deadly force. Now, what happens here is, I'll give you an example. Once Myanmar special forces decided to take them on. It happened around two years back, the peak of COVID. Now, they tried to infiltrate the territory. They tried to get in. And they tried, they, Myanmar special forces with air power, mind my words, with air power could not do it. The chief of the special forces who was heading the operation was beheaded. His video was uploaded in the internet. You can imagine the firepower. That is for the first time we came to know their anti-aircraft guns. Sophisticated anti-aircraft guns and state-of-art weapons. That is, this the, is the Arakan army. Yes. So no other, you know, if you talk of ISIS and this Hezbollahs and all, Jaish Mohammed and Lashkar Toivas, they don't have this kind of a machinery. They don't have this kind of a training. So only Arakan's army has this. What is the moot point? That Myanmar special forces could not take them out. I've been always saying that Ansu Chi was dislodged because she was not playing the Chinese ball. A lot of people would argue with me, no, 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 these guys are very patriotic, Junta guys are very patriotic and all. I said, no, they are stooges of China. They will do exactly what China asked them to do and when they asked them to do. So this uh, Junta people or the military regime is pro-China. But China is worried. How do they balance? They keep Arakan's army in Raksena province. They are able to balance the Junta. They are able to balance the India. Push comes to shove, they, this Arakan's army can be used on the right. Push comes to shove, the Arakan's army can be used on the left. So this Arakan's army was sophisticatedly made. And the kind of violence which we have seen in Northeast and the kind of ruckus which we have seen in Northeast, I am sure this Arakan's army was used. Some of the local uh, terrorist groups or the mission of uh, these mercenaries or whatever, or these militant organizations were used. They were given arms, targeted attacks happened, somebody was coordinating, somebody was orchestrating, somebody was running the media, somebody was running the fear mongering, somebody was running the local propaganda, and these people started fighting. So what was a kind of a small fight orchestrated into a major, 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 major armed conflict? I'm using the word again, armed conflict. Now the question you will ask me, how do I know it's an armed conflict? If it is not an armed conflict, we will not deploy more than 10,000 personnel in such a small state and will not have more than 70 people dead. It is a conflict. And and not the story doesn't end here. There's something more to it. And if some speculations have to be blamed, I'm using the word speculation, sir. 
if some speculations are to be believed, there's a Kim Jong, Kam Jong district, which again borders Raksana province. And there are some people and there are some speculations which say that our para asap might be fighting PLA there. Now, now you will uh, you will ask me, Are Sumiji, where does this PLA, CCP, and uh, Arakan's army come? So the problem here is we don't know where does the Arakan's army end and where does the PLA start, or where does the PLA start, Arakan's army ends? Are, are they interchangeable? Are the same? Are the same set of people in different uniform? Possible. It is possible. Go back to Kargil. Kargil, it was terrorist and it was Pakistani army SSG commandos. It was terrorist and Pakistani army bad teams dressed as jihadis. It happened in Kargil. We have seen this happen in various operations in the world. So is Arakan's army and PLA same? Possibly interchangeable. A lot of them might be same. So we don't know where one ends and another starts. So we might be engaging in this, but there is no confirmation from army as on it. So I cannot speculate as this happened. I can only say it's a speculation and usually uh, you know, what I believe there is no smoke without a fire. The quantum of fire and, the, you know, what we talk about the fireball, it can be bigger or smaller, but this is what is happening there. Now, why are we moving our special forces there? There has to be a reason. And let me tell you, a few years back, India has done a lot of operations in Myanmar. We have eliminated a lot of terrorist organizations in Myanmar. But this time, sir, madam, it is not a terrorist organization. We are talking of a specially trained Gurela Commando Force of PLA, People's Liberation Army, and who controls PLA? CCP, Chinese Communist Party. Who is the head of the? Who is the? Who is the top commander of PLA? Is the? Is the? Is the General Secretary of CCP? And who is the General Secretary of CCP? Is the President of China? So it is one person called in the name of Xi Jinping. So if you tell me she doesn't know about it, it, is impossible. If you tell me PLA doesn't know about it, it's impossible because somebody. You cannot become the top man in China if you are not a part of PLA, right? So PLA, CCP, Arakan's army, China legislation and Chinese president are the one person. Is one person wearing four hats. This has to be very clear to all of us here. So Arakan's army is an outpost of PLA created on the behest of CCP. The idea, the central idea is to keep India burning. Push comes to shout. Try to cut the chicken's neck, but as per some of my sources, you will soon see. I hope and pray I'm right here. I usually pay because when I'm talking something bad, I hope and pray I'm wrong. But this time I'm, I'm praying, I hope and pray I'm right. The few districts around the chicken neck would be a union territory, and I appreciate that movement, that move. If that is going to be on the cards, let's have a union territory on the both sides of the chicken neck and deploy our para stuff and whatever we want to to ensure our uh, you know interest. I'm not saying Assam Rifles is not cap capable. But if we are talking of a specialized commando gorilla force, then para SF, I don't know which regiment, there are a lot of regiments which are good, which know their job best. There are around 10 regiments which have everybody has a specialization of their own. And uh, 9, 10, and like para SF9, they're called ghost operators. They're the people who kill maximum terrorists in JNK and elsewhere. They're called ghost hunters. They come, they kill, and they just go. They call it hunting. So they are the hunters who hunt. So we have people who are trained in warfare, in deserts with people who are trained in high altitude, counterinsurgency, counterterrorism. And there are there's a group which is trained to handle these militias like Arakan's army. So the role of Arakan's army along with some actors within our territory cannot be ruled out. Colonel Santosh Trapati, Arakan's army can't be ruled out.
this ambush the, the fight between the uh, you know assam and manipur police which happened unfortunately use of lmgs and use of rohingyas as local terrorists or local conduits to orchestrate violence cannot be ruled out so there is a problem which is brewing now the idea is to have northeast simmering to have these tribes fighting so that india can divert a lot of forces lot of energy there what do we lose in the process what do we lose in the process we have to limit ourselves or reduce the attention at least on the border bordering the china the border bordering the china you know there's a part which is controlled by uh, assam uh, rifles that is why the commanding officer of assam rifles was attacked so we have strengthened our forces in arunachal we have we have kind of uh, whacked chinese in tawang we have beaten chinese in galwan black and blue and rightly so now these chinese will not give up so easily so attack on commanding officer manipur then these clashes then this manipur assam fiasco rohingyas sophisticated weaponry if you join all the dots dots and if you take a few months and a year and a half of incidents which have come here and there to start joining them you see a pattern by a normal ethnic fight or some typical fight between two brands and others you don't have 70 people that you don't have it going on for years and months there was a time manipur used to have long blockades now who was orchestrating the blockades and then don't forget the mr aji doval had infiltrated lal denga so there are there are brave officers like mr doval and others who must be doing their job on the ground it's not we don't know what is happening it's not india is unprepared but i am trying to join the dots and say don't see it as a typical conflict between the two sects or the two groups of people which are you know killing each other no it is much beyond that because if you join the dots that is mr mesh has appealing for peace and he is planning to go to manipur we are hoping and praying manipur will settle but the things are not there mr brain singh was here a couple of days back i think he met amit chaji and mr doval and things have been worked out you know we have g20 going on we have sco going on we have cod going on papua new guinea we have australia going on we have this asia forum pacific forum going on we have g20 in kashmir we have manipur so a lot of things are happening at one point of time and i am sure the enemies of the country and the enemies within enemies of the country out of countries and the enemies within they have lot on their plate which they are trying to plan and which they are trying to do so they are trying to weaken our resolve from the inside they are trying to ferment these troubles and weaken the resolve getting mainstream of northeast is a pain point for them they would not like it so arakan's army was designed conceptualized and kind of made and kind of fed kind of given goddamn money kind of given weapons for a day like this it's not we are not prepared we know what we are doing i'm not saying that parasap is kind of engaging them right now i cannot confirm but there are speculations right now like that so the things are not as straightforward as you see within india it's not as direct as you see within india and when it comes to chinese communist party it does not matter who you are it is not important do you have a border match you know about you do you share a border with china or you can be united states of america you can be canada or you can be chile still you are a frontline state to them that is what mike mike pompeo had to say so let's get our thought process very clear let's get our thought process very organized this is an orchestrated war against india how much will declare how much will not declare because there will be some operational procedures some you know things which will work some things which will not work that is why you will see a fundamental change in india stand to china india has told china we want 
the right to patrol wherever we were patrolling before. And you have to go before pre-Dalwan positions. There is no other negotiation we are interested in this to China. This is our straightforward demand. India has increased the NT vis-a-vis China. Because, because now, because we, because what we see, what is happening in many, after that, when China claimed, oh, I want peace, I want tranquility, I want to be brother, I want to be your sister, or, you know, all the crap and shit, sorry to use a bad word. But this all is all crap. This is all BS what China is doing, because what you see they're doing in Manipur, what you see CCP is doing, what you see Aragon's army is doing, it is not where the dots match, sir. Um, is pushing Rohingyas also a part of this whole plan into India? Rohingyas, no, you know, there are some, <laughs> there are two dimensions to it. You see, Rohingyas are those criminal tribes, they are radicalized people. Their country does not want them. I mean, imagine the people who are left by their country, we don't want you. Myanmar doesn't want Rohingyas. Some Rohingyas were in Saudi Arabia. What did Pakistanis do? Saudis did not want them. Pakistan said, we'll give them the passport. Sri sir, a lot of people believe that the economy of Bangladesh, which was on the rise, is again going for a spin. Even after $4.2 billion bailout from IMF, what is the reason? The reason is the quantum of Rohingyas which have entered Bangladesh. Getting Rohingyas into India was always a part of design. Rohingyas were infiltrated in India with a specific design. There's no doubt about it. How would a Rohingya know he has to read Jammu? Why were Rohingyas encircling Jammu? Because as when there was this great article 370, where Pakistan is irked with, and they get these, uh, and in and in this Nagaland, I when when Pakistan talks of this, uh, you know, 370 and all 35A, you should not do it. I want to send them this Bujulakia, the ghost pepper, which is the deadliest pepper in the world. We should send them to Pakistani. This is our sweet habit, and then let's talk Kashmir if you survive. No. Now, question here is that Rohingyas were always infiltrated under the design. Rohingya knew he has to go to Jammu because there he will get a ration card. Here he will get uh, some, you know, documents made. The government of the that day, which was PDP, was helping them to get citizenship. So, a person of Indian origin could have not become a citizen of JNK, but a Rohingya was easily becoming a citizen of JNK. This is what was happening. Why were Rohingyas kept in this no man's land between Assam and Manipur? How will a Rohingya survive there? What is his livelihood? How is he going to eat his bread? So these are the questions which are baffling our imagination. Why mean this uh, on, the, on the golden triangle where the drugs are moving? Why in those areas Rohingyas are infiltrated? Why in no man's land Rohingyas are infiltrated? Why they were being trying to get them infiltrated into the whole of Northeast? What is the bigger game plan? What are Rohingyas good at? What are they going to be used at? So always, if somebody puts money on you in geopolitics, there has to be a reason. Nobody puts money on you for nothing. So if people are putting money on them, and if Arakan's army is trained, imagine, Shri sir, I'm talking of anti-aircraft guns. Which Malaysia, which terrorist group in the world has anti-aircraft guns? You don't have this kind of armory. So if Myanmar special forces cannot take them, you can understand the quantum of force you are dealing with. Quantum of force. They are not jihadis or terrorists and all. This is a very sophisticated set of people they are proxies of pla and i i i have no problem in saying i don't know where pla ends and where arakan's army starts this can be even pla men some of them in disguised in arakan army uniforms because if you see the uh, quantum of organized setup they have the ranking they have the systems they have the weaponry they use 
the kind of training they are getting it's not like lashkari toiba joshi mohammed five ten days of training and all so where the where do these all things come from right and yeah. where where does this all happen i mean there 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 is something more to what i can, i can see i smell a bigger problem simmering and boiling there so uh, unstable northeast will meet unstable india unstable india will meet elections 2024 will be impacted then they will say oh it is not under modi everybody is fighting why should we invest in india its economy is not stable there is ethnic unrest hindu fascist chauvinist people are attacking them they are attacking christians they are attacking everybody who is not a hindu and you know you know the story will spin the spin mills will get active and the and the fake fact checkers will again get active and they will fact check something what their grandmother thinks is right so these kind of all things will start happening and they are getting the ground ready they don't want a stable peaceful prosperous integrated northeast i hope and pray shri sir this union territory wala thing is done asap and we are able to kind of uh, you know protect our interests and with with para guys para sub guys on the ground one thing i am very sure these arakan armies these chicken shits are going to get a taste of their lifetime and they will not see, they will not live to see their victory vis-a-vis india when you see para sub i can assure you that thank you so much and uh, viewers this is the story that came on pgurus.com today and what it is is punjab police has blocked 1.8 lakh that is 180000 sim cards activated using forged documents so this is on the other side remember uh, sumiji was mentioning about how is it that the rohingya snow that they need to go all the way across to jammu and go and strategically plant themselves in some areas this is the all this has been written in pgurus.com professor hari om has written many articles i urge you to go back and read pgurus.com we are the only one who have been tracking all these things since 2014 a lot of stuff that happened still very relevant so i urge you to go and look at pgurus.com so now sumiji let us take a look at the second half of our talk which is about pakistan viewers we have data from several sources so just hang on we are going to share a lot of information in the next few minutes go ahead sumit ji sir uh, pakistan is a circus of absurd now what is happening in pakistan i i, I mean it's a long story I, i don't have a lot of time so we have the half part of the show i'll try to make it crisp what is happening is that three four things are happening i have been talking and telling on your show from day one imran khan has two options either to leave walking or to leave in a body bag so you can see this coming through as we talk now what happens is after the zaman park incident and all first of all is all the leaders are arrested 7500 of his leaders and top leaders are arrested and a few hundred thousand workers are again arrested the best part of it is all his top brass fawad choudhry shireen mazari and all of these top shots of pti are deserting there is hardly anybody left the only one person who we know is left is this uh, qureshi shah mahmud qureshi now some people say shah mahmud qureshi is in jail some people say shah mahmud qureshi is missing so we don't know is he in jail or upar so i don't know where he is so because and you will be happy to know and surprised to know the main clown the main character in the drama Sheikh Rashid, the guy with the two 200 gram atom bomb, 500 gram atom bomb, you know that 
clown smoking cigar and doing shairi he is not touched i have been always maintaining on various media outlets that he is a army ka banda he is a man of the army now this proves my point why why he is not touched why he is not touched he was such he is again a big leader tall leader we have seen this uh, fawad choudhry running uh, when he was trying to be you know arrested and there was a meme going on the internet who will be the next astronaut of pakistan this is always fawad choudhry uh, by the way I, i hold on to this such a this is the space program of pakistan because pakistan <laughs> said 2022 will have a astronaut in the space so this is the space craft which they have built and fawad choudhry was going to be the astronaut unfortunately he is not interested in politics so this molana saab he will be the next he will be the next astronaut of pakistan and he will set the first space station of pakistan on mars direct mars no moon moon is for people like us they direct go to mars so this is what is happening <laughs> one way ticket <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is the demo so this is the picture that you know this is how pakistan how advanced is the space technology of pakistan and how a very goddamn as pakistani can be astronaut you don't have to be a rakesh sharma or somebody special you don't have to go through a training are chappal lagao lagao your chappal and become an astronaut not so simple direct koi tension nahi now this is what is happening in pakistan now yesterday what happened couple of things happened now when we go yesterday yesterday evening first of all internet was cut in zaman park correct internet was cut in zaman park then the mobile towers went away no mobile today morning some of the or most of the areas of the lahore internet was cut so what was happening if fawad choudhry was released on one case when he used to work out arrest him in another case released on case second arrest him in case number 3 released on case number 3 arrest him in case number 4 he said sir i want to leave politics i told you on the last show that they arrested shireen mazari so many times and molested her daughter now when they molested her daughter they molested her daughter she was so shocked she said my husband is no longer there i want to protect my children and that is i cannot handle this crap anymore i am quitting politics so military is using all sam dam dandavee even molestation of children to protect their interests Now there's a video, Sachin. Uh, if you can play that, that's one Pakistani yeah. guy. Guy, I, I'll show you a video. This will give you. वो इमरान खान पे खत्म हो रही है मादरत के साथ, मादरत के साथ. हमारे फौज हम अभी अपनी जान को बाहर करते हैं फौज को पर ये लेकिन जो मुट्ठी बार जनाल है ना ये जो खुशफैमी में मुक्तला है हम इनको खुशफैमी में नहीं जाने देंगे. फौज से नफरत नहीं है, जनालों जिनको आप बर्गर पार्टी कहते थे ना नाथ डाल के रख दिया उन्होंने ये हालात हैं मैं दुआ करता हूँ पाकिस्तान खाश इमरान खान साहब दोबारा जमान पारक आ जाएं और ये जो तमाम चीजें हो रही हैं ना हो मैं इसके हक में नहीं हूँ खान साहब को अल्लाह तला जल्द से जल्द जमान पारक बुला ले आवाम निकल रही है सर इमरान खान को वापस आना चाहिए और ये जो हो रहा है ये नहीं होना चाहिए पाकिस्तान 
कहता है पुलिस वाला जाओ एक डाला भेजो और उधर से जाके इसकी बीवी और बच्चों को उठाओ उसको लाकर नंगा करो अगर कोई भी इंसान ये पाकिस्तान ये माशरा है कि मैं ऐसे मैंने भी उधर में जा भी इन्होंने मुझे कहा कि आपकी बीवी को उठाएंगे बच्चों को उठाएंगे उसको बरना करके उसको वीडियो बनाएंगे तो अगर टूटा मैंने कहा मुझे बताओ आप मैंने करना क्या Now you have seen how PTI officers, office bearers, and leaders are targeted. What are they saying? We'll get hold of your wife and children. We'll 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 strip her naked. We'll make a video and we'll get it viral on the uh, you know on the social media. This is how political unrest is handled in Pakistan. This is how PTI is being slaughtered in Pakistan. You might have political differences, but that is not the way. So what they are trying to do? They are trying to isolate everyone. they're getting families and all they're getting their daughters and all their wives and all this is what is happening in pakistan this is what is happening in riyasat e madina or pudina whatever you want to call it so it's one of the two i think pudina is a better word so this is what is happening there now you can see the quantum of you know atrocities these generals are committing you can see the quantum of violence that is being used on imran khan yazi so what did imran khan yazi come back now today there he came back and he said look i am ready to negotiate with anybody in power so he feels the people around him are deserting qureshi is the only one who is missing i don't know is he dead or alive so imran is in his zaman park residence and nothing is happening instantly two more things happened two nights back imran khan left zaman park and went to shokat khan hospital the hospital which he was and he was there for four hours he took few bags of documents and some things with him which we don't know what they are but as per the sources some negotiation is being worked out with military you know okay we let you go how much will you pay what will you do remember his wife got uh, american you know this pr agency involved and they could uh, monitor they could march 60 senators right to anthony blinken's when imran khan's life was in danger right that is what we discussed last time now the negotiations are on with army which happened at shokat thana hospital and there is a mediate has been appointed. now with army getting more and more cracked down their price to leave imran khan alive is increasing because somebody has to pay to leave imran khan alive and the second thing a part of the equation is that what do we get in the bargain so today the the one more news which came to us one more scoop which came to us is that there are 88 people in the no fly list and imran khan niazi's name is included so he cannot take a flight till last night night last night it was not there last night there were rumors that he is in he has moved to peshawar somebody said that he will go to uh, move to uh, this afghanistan because he is friendly with taliban we used to call him the taliban khan the taliban khan from afghanistan will move out but i think taliban are also kind of saying nakko baba not interested so the, the, we were also i was also tracking a lot of flights last night that is imran khan going to take a flight is there a flight going to london who is going in that so today morning he is in no flight list so yesterday he had a option to leave pakistan which possibly he did not took or the deal did not work out so now imran khan's options are running out right that is the one part of the story and i will give you the most interesting scoop after this so he is in no flight list yesterday he did not go shokat khan hospital i told you people are negotiating now uh, rothschilds might be willing to pay money they might be willing to pay money for his release because rothschilds were in pakistan let's not forget wife is related to rothschild she is again a jew 
half so his his children are half jews so pakistani should know that who i know some of them watch this so that's ट and you should know that uh, his daughter lived here you should not out of three sisters only fatwa jinnah traveled less lived here i'm just giving them some facts so that they get their history correct which is not written in their history books but as a indian and as their shubhachintak it is my duty to tell them what their original history is original and if they go back and find 10 12 generations back they will even know when why did they convert when did they convert and how did they convert so they should also do interest let's come back to imran khan we have a lot of things on him by the way imran khan's great great grandfather was uh, i think sher shah suri general who settled in uh, pakistan so that is the history of imran khan now somebody is trying to negotiate a deal but with imran khan's thing things shrinking and the window shrinking she said things are getting propitiated now what are the options left to imran khan he will be willing to deal but when imran khan is getting less and less power the demands of rbi are increasing and increasing they want more assurances they want more money they want a powerful mediator to come and give assurances now money is one part money somebody has to give but who is the mediator who will give the assurance is somebody good enough and what does he bring to the table as a you know as a collateral for his assurance these are the things which are being worked out in pakistan the first video which such it showed then comes this video what is happening because the arson and the violence and all are continuing in pakistan establishment looks strong if you look at any new channel they will tell you Oh, Pakistan military strong. I agree, Pakistan military strong. But we are missing one point, sir. Pakistan military is five hundred thousand. Good, half a million of them, no problem. Guns, good. But in Pakistan, we have fifty to hundred million guns, and all of these guns are automatic rifles. They are AKs, they are Kalashnikovs, they are MI machine guns. I don't know a lot about guns, but I know they are all automatic guns. They are not those country-made guns. So now, billion-dollar question is: Even if Imran Khan leaves dead or alive, can the military of Pakistan, which is five hundred thousand, control five to ten crore people? That is fifty million to hundred million people with the guns, and they are out there. You have seen this boy. What is he saying, Imran? How close he is to Imran Khan? He is crying. Who are the generals to kind of count? Who can tell us? So in the game of chess, you might feel like Asim Munir and uh, Nadeem Anju is winning. But even if Imran Khan, there are two situations. He leaves in a body bag, so the ruckus will follow immediately. Situation number two: they cut a deal, and he leaves in a plane, and we know Imran Khan is in London. He'll go to London. That is where all the Ali Babas of the world land up. Ali Baba means those all warlords, drug lords, pedophiles, political criminals, and all. They land. They all land in London. We all know why. Anyway, that is that is good news for London. He'll get some money for them. They need that money drastically because with the economic outlook of minus zero point three, they need a lot of money to come in. my sympathies so with all this happening so now now when imran khan leaves the things might delay but it will happen but if imran khan is leaves in a body bag things will happen now is army prepared to handle it no can they handle it no how many people are willing to be killed or to die a lot 
Will Pakistan break? Yes, sir. 101% will break and it will break before December. But at the cost of how many lives? How many people are we willing to kill? That is the only question. So even Imran Khan leaves, Pakistan will still break. If he doesn't leave, the Pakistan will still break. Now the question is today, the, uh, the foreign minister, uh, of finance minister of Pakistan has indicated that the bailout plan of IMF will end on 30th June. So they don't have a lot of time. Even for the IMF, bailout plan is ending on 30th June. And 59% of the money in current fiasco, 59% of the money is allocated again to the members of parliament of the ruling alliance for unaccounted spending for people's good. Unaccounted spending for people's good. When you have not have even money to buy the toilet paper. This is happening in Pakistan as we talk. So with all these fiascos happening, the prices of wheat going up, the medicines are not there, banks shutting down, things going bad. So these pulling up. Asim Munir, and we have already discussed the counterfeit currency. That business is also conking off. So with a lot of things, and Modi ji about the 2000 notes and all. So a lot of things happening around here. And what they are really rattled about is the kind of, uh, you know, the welcome Modi ji got in his overseas trip. And, and to add Booth Jolakia, that ghost pepper, the deadliest mirchi in the whole world, on their wounds. The G20 in Kashmir went spick and fine. It went like a hot knife in a butter, in a butter case. So these people are again, they don't know what to do. So the world is looking at them. The so-called Umar is looking at them. Attention is looking at them. So Imran Khan is, if you ask me, is Imran Khan good or bad for India? Imran Khan is good for India because he will keep them busy. He will keep them awkward. They will keep on busy fighting with each other. As long as Imran Khan keeps them busy, we'll have our borders peaceful. We will not have a refugee crisis. Unfortunately, I hope and pray it doesn't happen. If there is a major Rwanda-like situation in Pakistan and a few thousand people get killed, we are talking of a big-time refugee crisis. Are we prepared? Yes, to handle some, but can we handle a lot of them? No. What are our plans? I don't know. We hope and pray it handle it kind of goes smoothly. We don't want Imran to be dead. Personally, I don't want him to be dead. I want him to leave. I want, and I want Pakistan to be what it is. I want Pakistan to break under its own weight and get into four, five pieces. That is a perfect situation for us. But if you ask me, friends, situation is volatile because the more and more they are shrinking Imran, right? Asim Munir thinks the military thinks they are winning the game of chess, but. Asim Munir forgets there are big powers behind Imran, big geopolitical powers and big intelligence agencies behind Imran. There is Jewish money behind Imran. There are a lot of people who Imran has done favors. They are behind Imran. So if you want to outthrow Imran, you will only start the race. You will be the next one to go. So how much of blood will be on the streets? I don't know. How many people will die? I don't know. Because this kind of a situation is good for India where they are fighting each other, they are busy with each other and the country is slipping down the slippery slope. It's a perfect situation. Pilot and co-pilot fighting, the jet is going down. Perfect. We don't want to do anything. But if you eliminate Imran, things can get out of hand and can get out of hand very fast. This is what is happening in Pakistan. This is the reality of Pakistan. And if you, if you look at some financial analysts and some financial institutions, what they are hinting now, the dollar, the Pakistani dollar to the rupee to a dollar might hit 350. Yes, 350 rupees to one American dollar. 
you can imagine the situation what we are talking here the only person who is making money in all this fiasco is pakistani youtubers i don't think anybody else is making money and unfortunately 90% of the audience is indian i don't know why it is so but it is the reality of life so this is happening there and these people are happy you know you know talking about imran khan and all this so that they can make mint money but that is a call we as a collective nation have to take how long can we tolerate this but that's not a subject of a discussion to raise just a passing remark that is where the pakistan stands it is getting more volatile because imran losing power and pti getting dismantled might look to be a solution right now but in the long run it is not the solution what we aspire for we want a weakened pti we want a weakened pakistan but not a pakistan where the guns are blazing it becomes a wild west we don't want that and if imran is taken out what will be the power play of the powerful people of the world how will they hit back army how will they hit back junta i call them the junta pakistan that is the question lot of journalists there are celebrating oh there's only one party in pakistan that is army and all but they don't know what they are looking into they don't know what they are looking at so there can be a situation when the pakistan army gets you know weakened or dismantled which is again a very bad situation because that will leave way for chinese pla to get strong hold in pakistan without any sweat and blood and what about the assets of pakistan which are already mortgaged to so many people how will they come and take hold of their assets how will you run a country of 250 million people with no economy with shattered economy i mean it's not sri lanka where the majority of the gdp was coming for tourism around 4 billion dollars were coming from tourism it's not thailand where 65 billion dollars come from tourism so what is the usp of pakistan why does the world need pakistan and pakistan is doing one circus now circus please uh, please mark my words oh we should be friends with india 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 sorry not india sorry my bad india we should be friends with india let's do trade with india let's do this with india are baba why the hell does india need you why do we need you why do we want to do trade with you why do we want to help you why do we want to accommodate you we don't need uh, 250 million jihadis for what purpose you are a radicalized lot you are a radicalized pop who needs you even your saudis don't need you even though saudis is asking pakistan the rohingyas should give them the passport and take them back and if you look at the bangladesh is because after the influx of rohingyas the economy has stopped it away lot of people attribute this to the rohingyas is because of the influx of rohingyas and they are unproductive and there the rise of crime happens and so many things happen this is what is happening so we have a very difficult situation we have pakistan we have pakistan where trouble is brewing and it is volatile we have bangladesh which might default or might not have enough money to buy its petroleum products i go to the china there are two things i think i talked last time i i don't know i will still talk again there are two things which i want to talk here one is called the, we are the large generation lot of chinese youth say we are the large generation means that we are not going to be the slaves of ccp we are not going to reproduce and produce children so my estimate that after 40 years china will be only 800 million people that too old that is happening as we talk because a lot of young people are not reproducing there are no kids by purpose they don't want slaves of ccp and second dangerous thing which i want to highlight to you is uh, i don't know how many people know about it and why open media is not talking about it there are a lot of provinces in china around 8 to 12 provinces which have done these special purpose financial vehicles Now, what are these special purpose financial vehicles 
these are institutions which are within the power of the state created by a province to borrow debt. Now, when I talk of the 53 trillion cumulative debt of China, this debt is not included in that because there's a debt ceiling. Like in US, we have a debt ceiling. Every country has a debt ceiling. How much of debt can you take? So China doesn't have one. But again, the problem is these people have borrowed debt locally after issuing bonds, right? Local bonds. And sir, Sri sir, you will be amazed to know the quantum of money we are talking here is anywhere between 11 to 15 trillion US dollars. 11 to 15 trillion US dollars, which is not part of 53 trillion, which I'm talking, which is not in Chinese balance sheet, which is not budgeted anywhere. And if you want to go and do a reality check, she mentioned in one of his speeches, he mentioned about this debt of the province, which is concealed debt. And we, and you know, China is opaque, it's a black box, we don't know much. So we are only knowing about nine to 12 provinces where we're talking about 11 to 15 uh, you know, trillion dollars. And some people even say that a Chinese GDP is not more than 10 trillion dollars. That's a lot of people are now talking about that openly. A lot yeah, of Chinese- we've done, a, we've done a special episode. The right. number comes to 5.8 trillion dollars. The real GDP of China, 5.8 trillion dollars. I won't be surprised at all, sir. I won't be surprised at all because I have been sticking my neck out and saying the biggest facade of our times we live in is Chinese economy. There's not a big, because I have studied it extensively. There can't be a bigger facade. Even if I take 10, if I take 5.3, it is disaster already. If I take 10, it is, uh, you know, it's a tsunami. So which, whichever way you want to call it, all tsunamis. So this is what is happening in China. So we have a volatile Pakistan. We have a failing Bangladesh and we have a dangerous China, which is crumbling under its own weight. So, and if you add up this part of the world, I might, you might say, Are, so may, what are you talking? Only four countries are India, China, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, and uh, Sri Lanka still was better. Uh, Bangladesh and Pakistan. But one thing we forget, I'm talking of 55% of the global population. 55% of the global population in four countries. So the quantum of problem which we are seeing is not easy. But to me, every problem is an opportunity. If India plays its cards well, this is our time where we can skyrocket our economy and we can be a Vishnu Guru in making, but we will get engineered provocations. I'm using the word engineered provocations every day. The only way for India, when they will want India to stop not encashing on this opportunity is when there is political, ethnical, religious, and communal unrest in India. And these forces and these agencies, are, some people talk about various cabals, cabals have names, uh, 300, a lot of them. So these people will try their best to ferment trouble here. The question is on us, Indian government and Indian people. Do we want to get provoked? Do we want anger to work us or we work through our anger? These are the big two questions that we will come in near future to us. The choice lies with us. The future is with us. We know the destination. We know the opportunity. Opportunity. Chaos is an opportunity. Chaos also is an opportunity. It is their chaos. It is their problem. It is not our problem. For me, I see it as an opportunity. But why I am bringing some of the data and facts to you is because you should be aware what is happening around us. And these people know and will go to any extent to stop us. So what you see in happening in Northeast, what you see happening in Manipur, what you will see happening here, propaganda machinery. And by the way, 1.8 lakh SIM card means 1.8 lakh fake accounts and 1.8 lakh fake accounts can trend anything on social media. We are talking of how much? Uh, 1.8 lakhs is 180,000 fake accounts. Yeah, can yeah. Anything on internet, anything. So when you see next time anything happening on the WhatsApp University on internet trending, you have to really watch out. 
it is not mm. so straightforward it is not so easy it is yes, all and murky true thank you so much let's take some questions now before we wind down the show thank you jahangir gotla wants to know thank you jahangir it's an open secret about infiltration from bangladesh through bengal all over india what is government stand on indian enablers uh jahangir ji namaskar the uh, namaskaram the problem here is that some of the enablers and some of the people are in positions of power and uh, this has been orchestrated and done for last 65 years it won't happen overnight so in 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 a in a war there are a lot of battles but you have to pick and choose your battles if you open all the federal fronts at one one go you will 100% win the war but there will be some eventualities there will be some collateral damage in the process but that is the eventuality of the war we have to live well, live and budget well next question please mangat ranga wants to know namaskar ji india has many enemies but the danger is more from internal enemies how could india prevent their conspiracy conspiracies ranga sir namaskaram uh, you know it's always a pleasure to get a question from you sir if you recall what vipin rawat ji said sir vipin rawat ji said 2.5 enemies this this 0.5 enemies more dangerous because he is within the society he looks like you and me and we don't know who they are the people on the other side wear uniforms is easy to find them isolate them they look different they talk different but the enemies within are difficult to catch and some of them are positions of power so what we need to do is you know there was a time when cars used to get uh, you know accidents and the people used to die you know then they started building the body cage then they started putting the lead plates then they got seat belts so you have to strengthen the system within the country the law enforcement system police reforms are needed judicial reforms are needed i i have always advocated we need a nationwide ats anti terrorist squad like nia nia doesn't have today the powers to you know arrest or kill so we need a ats which is going across the nation and we need a stf special task force which eliminates people across the states of the india and we need something like a patriot act now what have we done nia is going to have office in all the districts of the country in some districts there will be even two offices our uh, the uh, the kind of weapons the machinery the information warfare the kind of cyber intelligence and all we have increased our people our armed forces and police are getting more and more sophisticated things and you have seen i think yesterday or today i saw that there is some 3500 uh, kilograms of explosives are again caught in west bengal earlier than we have seen how how much of a big haul of explosives and detonators 81000 detonators was caused by ni in west bengal so that means ranga sir we are doing something is it adequate can we do more yes we need to do more but you know there are political compulsions there are uh, you know there are practical compulsions i'll give you one example and my and my answer when it comes to inauguration of parliament when it comes to putting uh, what do you call a sologam sir in tamil that thing sologam sologam we call it na Sengol, Sengol, Sengol. Sengol. Yes. Yeah. When we come, when it comes to Sengol, which is the Ashirwad of Lord Mahadev himself, today the Sengol is lying in the Ahmedabad Museum as a walking stick, walking stick of Pandit Nehru. The Ashirwad of Mahakal is in a museum, walking stick of Pandit Nehru, and that Ashirwadam of Mahadev, Mah Mahadev is not in the place where it should be. now when we are trying to install that in the parliament still people are opposing and boycotting you can imagine what is the practical situation on the ground you can imagine sir this gives that i i have nothing more to 
Next question, please. Rahul Rathod wants to know why India doesn't hit hideouts of many banned outfits near China-Myanmar border who constantly create ruckus in Northeast, as many of these organizations have safe hammons there and are backed by the CCP. How do you know they are not? Rahul ji, Namaskaram. Sir, the question here is, we have done a lot of operations into Myanmar. I have no problem in admitting because Indian Army has admitted it. We have done a lot of operations in Myanmar and our para-SF guys are the best in the world, one of the best in the world. And our Marcos are rated, I think, number one in the world. Now, we have done the operations and we have eliminated a lot of them. But today, we are not talking about terrorists. We are not talking about militants. We are not talking about jihadis. We are talking about an unbranded, un, you know, uh, un, or newly branded outfit of PLA commandos, which is Arakan's army. Why did me and Sri Sir wanted to talk about this? Because a lot of people don't know what is Arakan's army. You think it might be somebody like a Lashkari Toiba, Jashimahman, and these all jokers and all that. No, they are a different breed of people. That's why I said we don't know where PLA star ends and where Arakan's army starts. So we have to see the quantum of trouble or the quantum of uh, you know challenge we are faced with. So these are not simple terrorist organizations with a hideout inside our border. They are operating in Raksena province. Why Raksena province? I told you in my you know earlier thing, why Raksena province? Why did they choose this province? Why Arakan's army is a counterbalance, balance on the right and balance on the left. So when you are handling these sophisticated armies, I would call them armies of the world, which are backed by China, you have to be with caution because we cannot enter Myanmar and eliminate 10,000 of them. We'll need air force. We'll need air power. It will be a full-fledged war. Do we want a war right now? No. So, and how do we manage? So, but there are people on our side of the ground who are helping them or supporting them. I cannot deny that. So if we want to do, we have to be, we have to tread carefully. When you are going through a minefield, bravery is not a, is not a virtue. Agility and precision is the skill which you need more than bravery and valor. Sir. Next question, please. Uh, Arna wants to know, what is stopping the government from throwing Rohingyas out of our country? Why does this government kneel down in front of protesters, throw every anti-national in the jail? Arnavji, Namaskaram. I, I am the one who will echo this vice. But, you know, the moment you start touching it, a lot of health starts breaking loose. A lot of people start getting up in the arms. You need a very sophisticated plan and mechanism. People are talking why you are not banning PFI. But if you ban PFI, they will get it revoked and they will come back again. So now the kind of trouble we are facing, we need a surgical strike. So when you do a surgical strike, you have to look at the weather, not the climate. You have to look at the weather. You have to look at the political consequences. You have to look at geopolitical consequences and constraints. You have to look at local political consequences and constraints. You have to look at a lot of things. But I am sure it is on the radar. And one day you and me will be again here and we'll be discussing and debating how they got eliminated. I am fully in the favor of CA and NRC. I'm fully in the favor of CA and NRC because these people have been infiltrated to a purpose and their plans and designs are not good. And one thing I have to be very careful, I want to send a word of caution. A lot of these Pakistani people have started one propaganda. Oh, let's be friends with India. Dosti karte hai. Aman ki asha. Hello, hello. Brother, brother. Same, same. Oh, Pakistan is bad. Pakistan is good. Let's not fall into that propaganda. Let's not fall into al Al-Takiya is a very, very powerful and a deadly weapon which has been used since centuries. It is being used. Again, the only difference is now, uh, you know, media and YouTube and all is, is kind of used as a tool to get it across the masses. 
let's not be those bleeding hearts in geopolitics there is no scope for bleeding hearts it is not raj dharma raj dharma is you have to survive or there was one uh, dialogue in border picture which i like the most koi bhi jang jeetne ke liye zinda rehna zaruri hai if you win any war it's important to survive so let's survive today brother what was a good movie i, I liked it <laughs> and thank it. you so much Uh, Sumit ji, thank you so much, and we'll be back again on Saturday with more developments to be covering by Sumit ji. And so come back and join us then. Please also join us in about twenty-five thirty minutes. We're going to talk about a new survey whose results are alarming. If the SB four zero three, like caste discrimination law, is passed in US, it's what is the kind of effect and how much of an impact it will have on. Hindu Americans in United States. It's a very, very damaging, very scary situation. I want all of you to watch it because many of us have this aspiration that okay, our kids should go and settle down in the U.S. Please do watch this thing. There are some ramifications coming down the pipeline. All this, you know, where it started? The bloody Dravida Karham guys in Karnataka. These are the guys who started all this stuff. They are still doing it in U.S. We'll fix them one at a time. But the point here is. they've had a head start do join us again and sumiji thanks once again please like share and subscribe to our channel and do follow us on twitter sumit p191 sri ayer1 and p gurus1 namaskar namaskar sir thank you very much pranam